You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update. What is up, GST? Welcome into today's KCSN update presented by our good friends at DraftKings. Super excited to be with you today to talk about Chiefs Camp, Chiefs preseason game one. We're going to close the book on it officially here at KC Sports Network, and we're going to be looking ahead to game two and maybe even some position battles, roster battle wise, and uh, depth chart battles. We're going to be looking at with Charles Goldman now of A to Z Sports. Charles, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be back on with you and uh, and talking some Chiefs football here. We got a preseason game that we uh, just went through. We got training camps them going this last week. It's kind of a toughie. Players don't like it, but hey, uh, it's it's that time of the year. We're we're getting to the real nitty gritty. It's interesting you mentioned that because I was talking with Kendall Gammon um, about this last week here of of training camp, uh, and I was like, man, I can't imagine how difficult it is to go from playing in a preseason game to then now you have to move back to the dorms and say show uh, to go do more practice. I think like after a game, I would really, really want to like sleep in my own bed for more than like a day. Right. Like I feel like, I feel like moving back into those dorm beds and just like the, the comfort level of it. And, and, you know, I mean, also the fact that like things didn't exactly go the greatest in that first game right so you know right. the coaches are are going to be uh, getting on you even more and um you know just to switch back into training camp years after that that's that's got to be tough those uh those early mornings in saint joe come a lot earlier when you're waking up in a twin bed um i cannot imagine you know and, I, and i've been i've toured missouri western that was one of the schools i looked at and you know i went to northwest missouri state which not too dissimilar from uh from uh Missouri Western and I know the bed frames that they use at Missouri Western those creaky metal frames and you know if you got a roommate and they're tossing and turning you're gonna hear every single movement uh and I, especially after a bad game as you mentioned like waking up having to wake up that early and after a twin bed you know I know they get to bring their own mattress I think but like it doesn't matter what kind of you could have the best mattress in the world it's only a twin size <laughs> I, I feel I feel like I heard someone got like a king bed in there or something. I, yeah. I feel I feel like I heard something about that a couple of weeks back when they were still moving in. I feel like so they probably moved out all the rest of the furniture in the room and just right just right on the floor. <laughs> That's honestly probably the way to do it. You you eliminate all floor space, but you've got all the space to sleep. Uh, probably a good way to do it, but. Uh, Charles, as I mentioned, we're going to kind of close the book on preseason game one, right? It's it's Wednesday. That's a lot of the times the book is closed a little bit sooner. Probably the team, I know for a fact the team has already moved on to to the second preseason game. But for us in the media here, for the for the podcasters, we got it. We got to slatch on a little bit. We got to talk about these storylines. So I want to get some of your uh, before we move on, just some of your general thoughts from that first preseason game. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think, you know, kind of to echo the coaching staff a little bit, I was a little disappointed in, you know, the first team. I, I think maybe they're suffering from a little Super Bowl hangover of sorts, right? Um, they came out and, you know, they didn't look quite as sharp. They just, uh, the energy wasn't as high. And then you kind of get into the second and third team, these guys who are really like battling for a roster spot. 
and to make an impression on the coaching staff, like the energy difference was significant. Like you, you could really see it. So, I mean, that, that was kind of my, my biggest observation there. Um, you know, I, I, there were some things that, that I liked. There's some things I didn't like. Um, I, I think that, you know, you know, kind of echoing what I just said, a lot of the young players kind of stepped up, uh, I was I was really impressed with the first round draft pick uh, Felix King Felix man he had a heck of a game and uh, you know not just as a pass rusher too right he had some really good run uh, run snaps and um, you know he had uh, an inside win that helped uh, force the interception um, that that Kalasi uh, made so like that that I mean that was a that was really encouraging to see that. Um, I, I want to see more. I want to see more, right? Um, I, I think one of the biggest things I was disappointed in is the fact that we really didn't get to see, you know, Sky Moore uh, do much. He wasn't targeted or anything like that. Like, yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm a little anxious to see, like, what um, what has, has grown from year one to year two. I mean, I know we've seen some examples of it at camp, but let's see it in a game, right? Um, you know, they kind of came out in that first first look with Patrick Mahomes, and it was like four straight touches to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and uh, I know fans were like, "Oh, they're you know you're they're putting him on uh, display so they can trade him away." No, he is in his home state in front of a bunch of friends and family members, playing in a stadium with which he has won a high school championship and a national championship. Like they were always going to give him a, a big workload there. Um, and he was always going to get a big workload regardless because, you know, Jarek McKinnon has been kind of relegated to like the third down duties as he's kind of like, you know, keeping his body right for the regular season. And Isaiah Pacheco still wearing the yellow con- non-contact jersey. He can't play. Uh, he didn't play at all. So, you know, you're going to put your guy out there who has the most experience in the system. And that is Clyde Edwards alert. Absolutely. Um, I think those are all very astute observations. Um, and when it comes to uh, the first preseason game, as you mentioned, the young guys did play well. I was actually really impressed with the twos and the threes. I thought the offensive line, my biggest takeaway was the offensive line, like the tackle specifically, I thought played really well. And granted, I was looking up the snap counts while you were talking, though. They didn't play, I mean, they played nine snaps. The starting offensive line played nine snaps. You don't get a big sample size of those guys. But in those nine snaps, they look good. And that's Donovan, like Smith, Donovan Smith got a got a pancake and those nine snaps. So, you know, like that's that's pretty good. And I, that's all you could ask for it in, in, the, in the small sample size that you have. And I was looking at the snap counts, as you mentioned, Sky Moore, only six snaps in the first. He was pulled with Patrick Mahomes, who I believe also had six snaps. Um, so, I mean, good sign for Sky Moore, right? I mean, if right. you're looking at just like snap count wise, if you can take things away from the snap counts, when you're getting pulled with Patrick Mahomes, that means that first team right um so I, I think when you see that I, I do i do i'm with you i want to see him do more he has had a really good camp and he has like been wildly consistent which is something that the chiefs want i believe even patrick mahomes said i can't remember what outlet he told this to but sky moore has been like on his hip and like wanting to learn and like quizzing him and everything like that so um it's been good development from them too and we got to see some really good stuff from the younger wide receivers who i know the wide receiver room has kind of been a hot topic and Charles, it feels like every podcast we've done, I don't think we've gone a podcast, you and I, without talking about the wide receiver room. Uh, what were your thoughts on seeing these wide receivers in action for the first time uh, playing a live football game? 
Yeah, uh, I, I thought that you know it was I thought it was really good. It was encouraging, especially like yeah. the depth. Um, I know Andy Reid said that they wanted to kind of emphasize, um, you know, Justin Ross and and Rasheed Rice in this first game, um, and, and get them you know more snaps, more work, um, just to get more more tape uh, on them and what they currently have, right? And um, I I think both of them impressed, right? Uh, but even beyond that, like there were some other guys too. Nico Remigio ended up as the leading receiver. Now we got to find out what happened with his shoulder uh, and practice the other day. He didn't practice today. So we got to kind of wait and see there. Um, however, I thought that was an encouraging sign. Uh, Kakoa Crawford had a, a good game at the receiver position. And then, you know, obviously Richie James had the longest catch of the day. It was really impressive and scored a touchdown just a couple plays later. It was I, I thought it was just all around. You can't help but be encouraged by what you saw from that group uh, from top to bottom, really. Absolutely. And there were some, as you mentioned, Nico Romillo, he was taken out of practice with, I believe he's called it a shoulder dislocation, uh, which they they called that pretty quick uh, because that's apparently what Jody Fortson's was, and it took him a long time to call it what it was uh, with, right. with Jody um, so interested to see kind of what they do with Nico, if he's an IR stash or, or what that ends up being, uh, or cause sometimes these solar dislocations, they can put it back in, have a couple, you know, weeks rest and, and then it'll be fine. Um, but with his ability, I don't know if it, the chiefs have a better idea. The chiefs have a good idea personally, I think that who is going to make it through waivers and who won't. Um, so if they don't think that he'll make it through waivers, they'll, probably just put them on IR and, and stash them like they've like they've done with so many uh, players before. But I'm interested what they do with them, uh, especially with that injury, because I don't think he's going to make the team, even if they do open it up to seven wide receivers. I don't think he's probably the seventh guy, even though he looked really good in preseason game one. He's explosive. He's fun. And I would love him uh, to be on the Chiefs for a long time. But I don't know if he can if he fits in uh, to this roster numbers wise right now. Yeah, I, I have a hard time finding a place for him right now. But again, I mean, you know, you, you see in practice, you know, every day there's someone else getting dinged up and um, things can, can change quickly. Uh, all it takes is, you know, one wrong move. And next thing you know, you have a spot available because another player is going to, to the injury list. So um, I, I think you just got to kind of wait and see and with Nico, I mean, obviously it's a little concerning being that Jody Fortson had the same injury, you know, shoulder dislocation, just went to IR. I think, you know, it's probably going to be a similar type of like wait and see type of thing unless they know right away that there is accompanying damage to the shoulder dislocation. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times with, with those injuries, from my understanding, there's like swelling and whatnot. Sometimes to really see if there is injury, an injury that you need to get in there and have surgery on, you gotta wait for the swelling to go down to do the right imaging, because um, it's kind of just like a weird place, right? So um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something that we'll be keeping an eye on. We'll we'll see kind of in the coming days. Um, I, I assume or hope we get Andy Reid again one more time. I guess we got one more one more training camp practice, so maybe we'll hear from Andy uh, tomorrow and and get some idea of uh, of what's going on with me. So the kind of go back to like the injuries as you mentioned it seemed like the wide receivers were falling like flies on Tuesday's practice I think Amir Smith-Marset had a strain groin who's who left practice early Justin Ross that was the big one that people were worried about he left 
um, on a card. Now, I know a lot of people freaked out about the carded off type of deal, which understandable. If you hear carded off, that's a little alarming. But in training camp, it's not the same as like a regular season practice or a game. Um, and I think I think the fine folks listening to this podcast know that by now. Uh, if they've been if they've been tuned into us at KCSN, they knew that there was nothing to worry about with Justin Ross, and he showed that there was nothing to worry about with him on on a Wednesday's practice. He went out there, Charles, put on quite a show in the one on ones. He put on a show during the team session, elevating, making leaping catches, saying, "You know what, my leg," which which Andy I thought was funny. Uh, I think it was Andy was talking about his injury, and he said uh, hamstring, knee, and then added a shin later. So it was literally his whole leg that no one was really sure what was wrong. Um, he He's just fine. Amir Smith-Marset came back in practice as well. Um, so everyone who left practice early came back, uh, sans Nico Remigio. Um, he still didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, but Charles, Justin Ross, looking like the hype might be a real thing. Yeah, and uh, I, yeah, I, I can't help but be uh, super excited for the kid. I mean, yeah, the preseason game was practically two years removed from his last football game. Um, he's out there, do- he's out there doing what he loves, and he's doing it at a high level. And um, yeah, I think he's probably going to get you know increased number of, of reps with that starting unit. They seem to work him in uh, to different packages. Uh, same yeah. with with Rasheed Rice, and um, you know, I think that. He, he's he's proven himself to a point now, and he just needs to keep doing it. For, keep proving that he can stay healthy. Keep proving that he can go out there and make plays, and good things are going to happen. But I, I, it's amazing to me how much attention as an undrafted receiver he has been getting. Um, he, I, I, I'm not sure I've see, quite seen anything like this before, but I mean, I think it it points to one the just the hype that he has accumulated over this off season, and and even last offseason i mean uh he he was uh making some crazy plays in practice before he ended up on ir but um i i think that you know it also probably has to do with the guy who's throwing the ball patrick Mahomes, and you know when you have that guy and you have any sort of inkling that there might be a special talent catching the ball it's gonna be it, it's, it's gonna be just uh you know hype unchained so <laughs> yeah uh, I think I've seen some people joke about, uh, you know, wow, how did how did the Chiefs get Justin Ross? Like, nobody knew Justin Ross. I mean, well, if you ask Chiefs fans, everybody knew that Justin Ross was going to be this good, was going to have this much uh, this much potential to him. But, uh, Charles, there's still so much to talk about with this wide receiver room. We'll get to it a little bit more when I was out of practice. I want to talk to you about some of the things I saw out there when it comes to the wide receivers and the rotations they're getting. But we got to take a break. Got to pay some bills. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into KCSN Update here on KC Sports Network. That's what it is. Uh, I was I, I usually do the Mizzou show, and what I, my intro was welcome into Mizzou. That's who on KC Sports Network, and I well, rolled right into it. Uh, creature of habit here, but hanging out with Charles Goldman, talking about some Chiefs wide receivers, and I, what I think is really interesting when you talk about this Chiefs wide receiver room, um, numbers wise, we've talked about just like counting the wide receivers that the Chiefs could have on their final 53-man roster. It gets tight already. Uh, and and a- after Justin Ross played so well, I think that a lot of attention is turned to Justin Watson when you talk about uh, trying to get a- fit guys like Richie James, Nico Remigio onto the active roster. Some younger guys who might have a little bit more uh, pizzazz might be the right word than Justin Watson. Justin Watson is not a flashy player by any stretch of the means. Um, but I think that if you listen to this podcast, you probably know by the contract that Justin Watson signed, by what Justin Watson did last year, he's a he's a lock to make the the fifty three man roster. I think some people are being, I think some people are taking Justin Watson for granted. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, I, I think that you know from what we saw in preseason week one, right? We were talking earlier about you know guys getting cold with Patrick Mahomes. I think that that uh, Watson played like eight snaps, and he was only with the first team offense. He got like two snaps with um, the with uh, uh, Gabbert when he came in, but was with all of the first team. But his other, all, the rest of his snaps, they were all with that first team with Patrick Mahomes. And, um, you know, and then he got pulled. And he didn't play much on special teams too. He played, I think, like four or five special team snaps. And that's because, I mean, you you look at his snap counts from last season and he played a ton on offense. He didn't play as much special teams as I think people think that he played. Right. I right. think that people are like, oh, well, you know, Dave Taub is going to keep him on the roster. He's a, a, you know, a special teamer. No, he is a starter in this offense. And, and that is why he is going to stay on the team. And, um, you know, fans look at, you know, his drop rate, policing uh, percentage and whatnot from last season. And it wasn't it wasn't good. He, he did struggle at time with his hands. And he has struggled at times with his hands in camp this year, from what I understand. However, um, you know, he's got speed that some of these other receivers on the rosters, the roster don't have. And, and you know, he's knows the playbook inside and out. Uh, he, he's a guy who will get after in the blocking game. So, I mean, these are things that coaches like, that coaches look for. Um, they're not necessarily things that, that the fans like and like to acknowledge as important. But, 
Um, he has this role on the team and he plays it extremely well. And, and he's beloved by his teammates. You've got guys, you know, when, whenever uh, Justin Watson's role seems to get uh, called out and go go viral on uh, on the internet, you have guys who are coming out of the woodwork to kind of defend him. I know Kadarius Tony, like he's a guy who's been with him for, you know, not even a full year. And, and he was like, you know, we love this guy, right? So um, I think that, you know, uh, Watson's going to be around here um, for for this name. I don't think uh, the Chiefs are interested in trading him. I don't think they're interested in cutting him either. Uh, I don't know that it necessarily has to do with his contract so much as it has to do with they have an idea for what his role will be. He's a glue guy, and I think that's the best way to, to best way to put it is the locker room presence is good. One of the things I noticed because I was just I was kind of watching the receivers today when I was out of practice, just because I think that is so interesting. Of during team install, what what rotations are they doing with the wide receivers? And you can rotate so many more wide receivers in when in terms of first team, second team, wherever it is to get these guys reps in different plays, just because there's so many different wide receiver positions out there, right? So uh, Justin Watson was with the ones a lot during that first team install period that they had in the red zone. So obviously that shows that they have intentions of installing plays with Justin Watson on the field. Um, and, and I know I understand people's frustration maybe of like he's not as flashy and he's like not like it'd be more exciting, right, to have a Nico Remedio, a guy who is really shifty and super quick and a, a guy who was really fun to watch with the ball in his hands, right? Justin Watson is like a meat and potatoes guy. Uh, he's going to get you what you need to do. He had a big play. He, he makes big plays when he has to make big plays, right? He like against the chargers, he burned JC Jackson, uh, got that touchdown in that, in that game, which was a massive, massive touchdown for the chiefs. But, um, I, yeah, I, I don't think that we should be so quick to, to sell on Justin Watson. I think that he's here for a reason. Obviously they re-signed him for a reason, um, a two, two, a two year deal for a reason. You mentioned the contract. Like I bring up the contract just because of like, I think there's a decent amount of dead money on it if they do cut him. Like contractually, that is a big thing. But I think you make a really good point. It's not the the contract isn't the reason they're keeping him. Like they're keeping him because of his ability and his locker room, um, the gel he brings to that locker room. As I mentioned, I was on practice and I saw he was he's dancing with these guys on the sideline. He's like engaging with all the the young guys. I mean, he's he is that guy that that is is keeping this lock this locker room, this wide receiver room, really tight. I think that's important. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I'll touch on one more thing here. You know, when you're looking at, like, Remigio making a roster, it's not Justin Watson that's keeping him off of it, right? right. They, right. They, don't even, they don't even play similar roles, right? Yes. Um, so it, it's really more like the, the Richie Jameses, the Sky Moores that are that are body-blocking Remigio from, from having a role. And... Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where you know depth. Um, it it's it's good to have depth at this point of the year. The really really like the the only time that it becomes a problem is when you get to to roster cuts, right? Or when yeah. people start to get hurt. So, mm-hmm. but I, I have a feeling that you know um, all these things are going to work themselves out, and you know to uh, to make. Justin Watson into this sort of villain that he's been made into. It's just, yeah, it's been a little ridiculous. That's a, that's a really good point that you bring up. And, and something that I had written down on my sheet that I wanted to talk to you about is like the rules of the guys that are like on the outside looking in, aren't the same as like what Justin Watson would be. I think people are quick to say like, 
that's a wide receiver that is not as flashy or not as fun as potentially these young guys can be. So we want him off of there instead of these guys. But they don't really play the same position because there's so many different wide receiver roles and stuff like that. They don't play the same type of position. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, again, you know, special team stuff, it, it all kind of comes into play. Uh, yeah. Those those younger guys, the bottom of the roster guys. Um but again, it's got, it's going to work itself out. They're going to they're going to find the right guys, right combination of guys. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Remigio and his injury. Maybe we're in a situation where you don't even have to worry about him making the roster because he's going to be out. That's true. Very true. Right. And like I think we've had this conversation too, Charles. Where like usually this stuff works its way out in that regard of like these roster battles, these roster um, kind of I guess battles is the right word for it. These these depth chart kind of battles as well work themselves out with injury. You hate to see it, but that's usually what it ends up happening is somebody gets hurt. And like we saw um, on on Tuesday, Jody Fortune gets placed on the IR. Now it's not season ending IR. I think there's some technicalities where the Chiefs will can like cut him and he has to clear waivers and then re-sign with the Chiefs, and then they give him an injury settlement and then he can fully recover and then come back. I think is uh, how it works for him to actually do that. That seems like a lot of hoops to jump through, um, and who knows they, if his shoulder will be will be fully healthy. But that seems like a lot. Yeah, they, they've done it before. They've done it before with uh, Garrett Dieter. They've done it before with Matt Bushman. So it's kind of a way to like circumvent those uh, IR return rules because if you place a player on injured reserve during training camp before the the fifty three man roster cuts, they are not eligible to be designated to return from injured reserve. Right. So that's the season ending nature of it, but. You are correct. This is uh, this is a way that they can kind of circumvent it, but a lot of things have to go right and happen for for that to happen. And uh, a lot of times they'll bring guys back, specifically on the practice squad, with the, the idea of giving them some time to acclimate and ramp up, and then they'll elevate them to the to 53-man roster. Right. So uh, I don't know if, if we'll see that with Jody Fordson. We'll see. We'll just see how the injury kind of shakes out and everything like that. I really feel for Jody because, man, he's just been plagued with injuries um, in his career. When he's on the field, it's been it's been fun. It's been special. Uh, but just has had has racked up a lot of injuries in his time in Kansas City. But, Charles, I kind of want to ask you, what does this do for the Chiefs in terms of their 53-man roster? Because we kind of talked about some roster battles of, okay, four tight ends, or do they keep four running backs? Do they keep seven wide receivers? This kind of, uh, this might answer one aspect of how the Chiefs compose their offensive roster. Right. I, I think that, you know, they're probably still going to find a way to keep you know, three to four tight ends, right? Yeah. But I think this should make things a little bit easier. It gives them some more flexibility. Obviously, Blake Bell is a vested veteran. If they cut Blake Bell, they can, he doesn't have to clear waivers. He can just wait around and get signed back to the roster if they need to make some moves, like, you know, have someone on the 53 and then place them on IR. So that yeah. if they, they need that extra roster space, um, they can they can do that with Blake Bell. Um, I, I think it probably opens potential for a guy like Matt Bushman to make the team. Um, I know he didn't flash quite the way uh, we were kind of expecting him to flash in preseason week one considering the last preseason game we saw him in, he kind of went off against the Green Bay Packers. But um, he did have one good reception that got called back on a really, really poor penalty, which reminds us it is preseason for the officials too. That was preseason. That was not, buddy. 
<laughs> that is not a penalty. But um, but yeah, um, he uh, I, I think I think he's gonna have an opportunity if he can show a little bit more on these next two preseason games. Um, you know what I've been saying about him. A lot of people are like, oh well, he's working with the second, third, and fourth team. He's also working with the first team. What that tells me, a lot of people are like, oh, why is he working with all these teams? That tells me is that the coaching staff trusts him to make plays with all these different teams, that he doesn't necessarily need to be with one team and get that chemistry going with one quarterback or whatnot. Like, he can get it going with all of them. So that's a really good skill set to have. And then, obviously, you know, one thing for the preseason games, watch those special teams units. Matt Bushman was out there with the first team uh, uh, special teams unit on the coverage units. Mm-hmm. on kick coverage and I believe on punt coverage. So that that's that's something, you know, Uncle Dave's got to say. Uncle Dave's got to say in this and uh and yeah. you know, if he wants Bushman on that roster for special teams, he might as well get it. You're right, and that could be an interesting uh this thing to watch for. Uh, I know we talk about special teams a whole lot in terms of those light those late uh those last kind of roster spots are going to be determined by the special teams contributions. Your fourth tight end is going to be really interesting because, as I've mentioned on this podcast, Brett Coleman brought this up when I talked to him, is the Chiefs led the league last year in 12 and 13 personnel. Like, they love to run multiple tight ends. When I was watching Team Install, they're running 13 personnel with Justin Watson out there as the one wide receiver. Like, they're, they've they got, like, different personnel groupings, obviously, with these different tight ends, and they like to run with multiple tight ends and can make it work because Noah's great. Noah Grace had a great camp. Um, he's looked really, really good, and he's kind of grown into that tight end we kind of all expected him to be. I think when when the Chiefs drafted him out of Duke, but uh, I do think it's interesting if this uh, if you think this opens up the seventh wide receiver at all. Do you think that that opens up the ability for the Chiefs to take that seventh wide receiver? I know we've talked about Andy Reid doesn't take seven wide receivers, but uh, with it being so close on that six wide receiver spot, do you think that this could push it? This could be the straw to break the camel's back, so to say. Yeah, I, I in my last fifty-three projection, I had him going with seven. I had him going with seven receivers, and I, I think the uncertainty surrounding Kadarius Tony is more the reason for that. And I think we heard it even more today. We heard from um, from Chiefs assistant GM Mike Borgonzi, and really what had been out there in the media for the last several weeks is that the Chiefs expect Kadarius Tony to be ready for Week One. Well, Mike Borgonzi didn't say that. Right. He, he came out and said, you know, hold on, we're going to wait a minute and just see how he is. Right. We're just going to yeah. see how, how, how he is. We're, we don't have any expectations, no timeline, nothing like that. So I, I think that with that in mind, it makes it a little bit easier to keep seven receivers um, because there, there is that possibility that, hey, maybe he's not yet ready for week one. And if that's the case, you know, then they might have a decision to make, okay, are we going to put him on injured reserve for four weeks and, and then bring him back? So there, there are some things there um, that, that are going to have to be you know, played out. But uh, I, I do think that, yeah, as far as talent is concerned, you'd be remiss to not keep seven receivers in this offense. And, you know, uh, and just looking back to last year, knowing how, you know, some receivers got banged up throughout the year and um, they, they kind of needed all of the guys that they had. I, I think that could be the case again this year and a reason to keep that many. Now, you know, things have to go right at other position groups for you to be able to do that. Right. You might have yeah. to make a decision at quarterback now, too. Right. Are you going to keep two? Or are you going to keep three? 
Are, are you going to keep, you know, nine offensive linemen? You're going to keep 10 offensive linemen. So, um, you know, there, there are definitely decisions to make. And, you know, even the defensive side of the ball plays into it, right? Is Chris Jones going to be back for week one? Is he going to be ready to come back and, and play week one? I mean, that that could be a big thing. Um, Tershawn Wharton hasn't been practicing after coming back uh, from the PUP list, right? Uh, with a knee injury. So he hasn't been practicing lately. So that's another element, uh, an aspect along that defensive line that could lead to some numbers issues there that, you know, has them coming to some specific decisions related to the roster at other positions. It's going to be crazy. And then and something that we're going to be keeping an eye on here at KC Sports Network. And what's going to really help is that second preseason game to kind of help narrow this stuff down. But Charles, Going to take another break. After that, we're going to get your thoughts on the Chiefs' second preseason game in Arizona, going back to where they won the Super Bowl for their second preseason game. We'll be back, right? Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hanging out with Charles Goldman on today's KCSN update. Go follow him on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL. Charles, second preseason game coming up very quickly. It's a Saturday, a short week that we get for uh, for this game. So uh, I want to get some of your, uh, your what are you looking for? What are you watching for in, in this uh, Saturday's game? Well, obviously what the coaches are, are going to be looking for first is just that, that energy level. I want to see the first team come out and have, you know, just better energy. Uh, probably some more success on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. I know the defense took things really personally with how they played that game. So um, I think we're going to see that from them on offense. Like, let's just see Patrick Mahomes go down the field, score a touchdown, get him out of there. Let's, let's, that's all I want to see from the first team um, really at all in Arizona, because obviously there are some concerns about the turf in Arizona. Um mm-hmm. You know, it's the same, I, I believe it's the same field or same grass that they used uh, in the Super Bowl. However, um, you know, they, there are just some some issues there with the with the turf and the footing and whatnot. And you just don't want to see any injuries in a preseason game that ultimately, it, they're important, but they don't mean anything when it comes to the standings for the season. So they're not that important. Um, so, so, I mean, that would be the, the big thing for me, but I... I want to see like I want to see just like some more um, of some of the guys uh, that that we saw, you know, excel last week. Um, you know, Tank Felix, Danny Shelton. I, I want to see more B.J. Thompson. I thought he had a really nice rush uh, where where he kind of flashed some like Derek Thomas like uh, get off. I mean, he was he was booking it to the quarterback and he got there and affected the throw. But you know, receiver made a heck of a grab, but. Anyhow, I mean, there, there, there's a lot of guys on this roster who are battling and and are, um, you know, putting some good tape out there. And I think that, you know, it's, they're they're making things tough on the coaches and on the uh, front office staff as they ask them to, right? And uh, I just want to see them make it make it even tougher. Let's let's see those plays. I agree. Uh, I'm curious to see how how long how long we'll see Patrick Mahomes. Um, it's the classic Andy Reid uh, trope of saying, "Oh, you'll see him for a quarter. You'll see him for a for a half." I'm sure Andy will say, "We'll say we'll see him for a half, um, and we'll see probably him for maybe a couple drives, maybe two if we're lucky." Uh, but but be prepared to only see Patrick Mahomes for the opening drive, and that's it. That's all you have to do. If 
if you just prepare yourself to only see Patrick Mahomes for the opening drive and you get two drives, that's a great day. Um, but I think that's what you have to prepare yourself going into the game. Only see one drive of Patrick Mahomes and the starters. I think they'll give the line a little bit more, right? As, as we saw, like some of the wide receivers got a little bit more time of playing, but um, I think that's probably what you're going to have to expect, especially as you mentioned with the turf and everything like that. You mentioned the defensive line. That's a big story too with, you know, you mentioned Chris Jones and Charles Amenehue having that suspension for week one. It's looking uh, a little thin when it comes to the defensive line up, up front, but we did get to see some really good stuff. Uh, BJ Thompson's got some juice, that pass rush juice, and I, I think I saw Nate Tice tweet out some clips from Felix Indique Uzoma just kind of highlighting some of his pass rush moves that he had. Uh, really good to see him continue to grow after missing those OTAs. It's always tough when, when a rookie misses OTAs, but then he started camp off a little bit slow, but has really kind of grown into his own. I've been I've been happy with kind of the growth that I've seen from Felix. Yeah, I, I do like uh, what, what I've seen from Felix, just knowing that he had that slow start, right? Like had the injury uh, early on and wasn't, um, you know, doing much in, in OTAs or in minicamp, whatnot. You know, seeing him progress, and, and uh, Joe Cullen even said it today, like he's just skyrocketing. Just every every day, uh, there's there's something new that he's doing that's showing that progression. And uh, that's what you love to hear from from the coaches and whatnot. Um, you know, to your point of of Chris Jones, his absence, Tershawn Wharton, Charles Omenigu, you know, I, I want to see like one of these interior rushers kind of emerge, right? You know, Daniel Wise was the guy who's, who's you know, playing in place of Jones in the starting unit. And, you know, he had a couple of good snaps and whatnot, but, you know, he, it's, he's still a far cry from from Chris Jones, right? There's, there's not, you're not really going to find many guys who can replace that type of production, right? But you'd at least like to see something that encourages you that like, hey, if, if Jones isn't here in week one, if, if Turk's not here in week one, they got a guy that they can plug in there and get something yeah, and that's, that's I'll just be I I agree with you I agree with your sentiment of which want to see what we saw from the second team or just see a little bit more um, of it and I want to see some juice from that first team as well but uh, seeing some juice out of the first team will really get me ready uh, for the Chiefs to take the field against the Detroit Lions on September the seventh right it's coming right up it's coming up soon oh. Chiefs break for camp tomorrow break from St Joe tomorrow um, they'll leave I think. The Chiefs had tweeted out something like before that practice, like they were leaving in like 24 hours or something like that, is what Drew Tranquil said, um, which is nuts to think about. Uh, the training camp is basically over, um, and the season is almost here, Charles. I appreciate you joining on, hopping on, talking a little bit of everything here on today's KCS and Update. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. That's going to do it for today's KCS and Update. Make sure to follow Charles on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL and check out his work at AZ sports. It's adzsports.com, correct? Yes, sir. You can find it at uh, adzsports.com slash Kansas-city. There it is. Yeah, right there. From the man himself, Charles Goldman. Really appreciate you hopping on and listening all the way to this podcast. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Be a friend. Tell a friend, as Pat McAfee says, about KC Sports Network as the Chiefs season is coming right up. We'll have plenty of coverage leading up to the Chiefs' Kansas City Chiefs' second preseason game of the season. Very excited for that as well. So for Charles Goldman, I'm Tucker Franklin. I'll be back soon with another episode, so I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard.
You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.